Support for MPB comes from the Woodward Hines Education Foundation, committed to helping more Mississippians obtain post-secondary credentials, college certificates, and degrees that lead to employment. More information about Woodward Hines Education Foundation at woodwardhines.org. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, September 1st. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Mississippians are teaming up to offer relief to Texans affected by Hurricane Harvey and its historic flooding. Hear from a weather forecaster with the outlook across the South for the Labor Day holiday weekend. Find out the latest holiday travel precautions and warnings. And a new report reveals charges for drunk driving may surprise you. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippians are pooling their resources to send badly needed supplies to those devastated by Hurricane Harvey in Texas. The hurricane-turned-tropical storm wreaked havoc on the Houston, Texas area earlier this week. Secretary of State Dubbert Hoseman says Mississippians, who are nationally known for their generosity, need to be careful when donating to disaster-related charities. In the spirit of giving, many groups are coming together to provide locally sourced assistance. Police officers in the city of Pearl are coordinating a supply drive. They say donations are pouring in. Lieutenant Brian McGarity is Director of Public Affairs at the Pearl Police Department. He tells MPB's Desiree Frazier how the drive got started. Wednesday, a gentleman stopped by, never met him before. He stated that he uh, lived here in our city and he was a uh, owner-operator of an 18-wheeler and uh, contracted with different companies throughout the United States, basically to earn his living. And he currently has a uh, 53-foot box trailer that's empty that uh, has to be returned to a company in Houston that, conveniently enough, that company has um, basically opened part of its warehouse up during this disaster time uh, to some charitable organizations such as um, Salvation Army, Red Cross, et cetera, to receive these goods and, and basically distribute those out as needed to those people there in that community, the Houston metro area that are affected by this devastation. He was willing to volunteer his skill and his service and his occupation to make that happen. And, you know, what better way than to have someone in our own community and our own citizen that obviously understands the needs of others. And I don't want to speak for him, but I think he also knows that the community that he lives in is one that when they know help is needed will come together and to actually have the tools that we need in in the form of a 53-foot trailer and a driver to get it there. I mean, that was that was paramount in, in helping this plan come together. So what are you doing to fill the trailer? We've asked for uh, numerous different supplies that can be found on our Pearl Police Department Facebook page, just different options that, that people can give or contribute, whether it's just a case of water or uh, non-perishable goods or maybe perhaps baby formula that's, you know, non-perishable cleaning supplies things of that nature, basically you'll see a list there. And if they could, to just drop it off. We'll have volunteers there to receive it that will prep it for shipment by loading on pallets and having it shrink-wrapped so that it gets loaded safely and so that we get the most room in the trailer. And obviously our goal is to fill that trailer. We want to have problems closing that door as it gets ready to depart. Uh, I think it's scheduled for the early part of next week sometime. There's a football game coming up, and you want to use that as a rallying point. Absolutely. Uh, Northwest Rankin, a very large school, will be playing Pearl Pirates, who are number one in the state, at Pearl Friday night. 
That always brings out a huge crowd, both of, of students, parents, alumni, fans, and spectators, scouts. And we want them to come and enjoy the game and, and watch some good rivalry football. But we also obviously won't forget those that are, are struggling right now that don't have the freedoms that we enjoy of Friday night football. So that trailer will be there to take whatever it is that they're willing to contribute to help our fellow neighbors out. What we're hearing is that this is the worst storm in U.S. history. What crosses your mind when you see the pictures and the devastation? The word, just to answer your question, I think is reality. Reality and the fact that we see it's real, and you know, that image goes away on that television screen or in that newspaper or on that social media face. But that image goes away after we're done looking at it, and we're off to being a parent or taking kids to a game or going out with friends. But there are people left behind that deal with the reality of that moment. And, and what goes through my mind personally on a personal note is, you know, remembering what it's like, remembering those hardships. And uh, I think everyone can relate in some way or another, whether it's a relative out there or whether it's personally having walked that mile. Or maybe you just heard about it from a relative. If you're too young to remember, you've heard about it from a relative that that lived through those moments and days. And, and, And although it seems like a very long time ago, many of us can still account for moment by moment and and just that hard-pressed time that that it was. So I think that's kind of what fuels our fire to help others. Thank you so much. Okay, Ms. French, thanks so much. The Pearl Police Department has a Facebook page with more information about the project. Troy Costanza is lead pastor of Highland Chapel Church in Madison. He tells MPB's Desiree Frazier how a dozen Mississippi churches are partnering to offer relief. Well, we're really excited to be partnering with many area churches throughout the Jackson metro area, all coming together to really meet the needs in Houston, primarily in the surrounding areas. Our strategy is to network with churches in the area that are high and dry and still have facilities to receive the goods that we're going to send down there. So we've located several churches that have gymnasiums or large areas to receive the water, receive the other supplies. And our job here is to reach out and get people to donate for the goods, and then we're going to truck them down there. So we've reached out to local businesses for trucks, independent contractors, and churches that are actually hiring trucks to send down. Right now we have three semis ready to go within the next three days, and our job now is to fill them with supplies and get them down there to those that need them the most. Right now we're at Sam's Club. What are you doing here? Well, Sam's has worked a great deal. We can purchase a pallet of water for $200 from Sam's. That's 1,920 bottles of water for $200. That's fantastic. And we can load right off their loading docks onto our semis and truck it down there. So for those that want to get involved, they don't even have to go through our church. They can go to Sam's, purchase a pallet of water for $200. Maybe families want to come together, friends, a pallet designated for Highland Chapel Church flood relief. That's just so we know what truck to put it on. But I want you to know that it's many churches working together. It's just not Highland Chapel, but you can go and designate it Highland Chapel Church, flood relief, and we'll get it to Texas. How much water are you getting today? Today we're going to put 16 pallets in Vicksburg and another five here in Madison. So we're going to have 44,000 pounds of water going down to Houston that leaves today and we'll get there this afternoon sometime. Now why in Vicksburg? What's going on there? Well, we're partnering with the Red Cross and they have their warehouse there that has the water that they're donating. They just didn't have uh, a way to get it there as fast as we. We were already going down there, so we said, hey, what can you do to help us? And they said, we're, we're excited to give it to you because we needed a way to get it down there. So now we got the Red Cross helping us out, too, with water, and uh, we just feel like, you know, everything's being orchestrated divinely. 
Are there any other items that you're sending down besides water? Absolutely. We're just focusing on first response. And so what we're focusing on over the next few days is bottled water. We're also focusing on tarps, blankets, prepackaged food goods, you know, things that won't go bad, and then personal item, items, personal hygiene items, and then diapers, wipes for, for the infants. Are you collecting all these from your church and other churches? How are you doing that? Well, I appreciate you asking. What we're doing is every church that is in our group that's agreed to partner together is focusing on a different area. So one church might take baby supplies. Another church might take bottled water. But we're all going to deliver the supplies to Highland Chapel Church in Madison. And from that point, we're going to load the trucks and send them out. We just needed a central location. So we've even got businesses donating tents, forklifts, so we can store the goods. Just when you deliver them, we'll store them. Get the truck there as soon as we can and get it down to Houston. But we're partnering with a bunch of churches, and you know we're stronger together. I almost want to call this whole effort the Church United because it's not just one church. It's many churches coming together to really be the hands and feet of Christ. And so I just want people to know that this is a real need, and this is time for us to pull together. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Really appreciate you all being out here. The two projects are just among the many efforts Mississippians are involved in to help victims of Hurricane Harvey. Coming up, find out if leftovers of the storm will rain on your Labor Day parade. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition. As we head into the last celebratory weekend of summer, many families may have changed Labor Day plans due to wet weather. Some will hit the road for a getaway, while others may be staying put. The remnants of Hurricane Harvey have moved towards the Northeast, leaving the prospect for travel questionable. John Moore is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Jackson. He tells MPB's Mark Rigsby the forecast in Mississippi looks good. For our area in Mississippi, it'll be very nice if you're staying local in Mississippi. Uh, the remnants of Harvey will continue to uh, push off to the northeast. So if you're not traveling off to the northeast towards Nashville and up into the Midwest or anywhere in the northeast, you'll be fine. We're looking at very low rain chances for Mississippi throughout most of the holiday weekend, and we'll have temperatures below normal. So that'll be awesome, too. So like a very nice weekend, weather weekend in Mississippi if you're staying local. I'm sure that there are people that will be traveling out of state. If you travel into Tennessee or into Alabama, will you see bad weather? There'll be weather like we've seen in Mississippi over the last few days, but we're not expecting all the severe weather and tornadoes that we have. There could be some isolated tornadoes and heavy rainfall. But as this system slowly progresses, if you're traveling in the path of it, you will see some, some bad weather. It'll be in Tennessee on Friday, uh, pushing into some Midwestern states on Saturday, remnants and rain chances and maybe even a few brief tornadoes or whatever. They'll be pushing into the Midwest on Saturday, like I said, and off the eastern seaboard by Sunday. And as it continues to move in that path, it weakens somewhat? Yeah, it'll continue to weaken as it, as it moves towards the northeast. So uh, if you're behind it, you're fine. What about the other southeastern states like Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia? There are going to be some rain chances early in the weekend uh, in some southeastern states such as Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, 
North Carolina, one associated with remnants of Harvey, kind of lags over that region. But it'll be clearing out uh, by Saturday, and they'll be looking at a great weekend, going into a great holiday as well. Uh, unless you're in Florida, where there'll be uh, some chances of rain and thunderstorms throughout the holiday weekend and in the Monday. How about if you go north and west of Mississippi? What does it look like? If you go anywhere northwest of Mississippi, you will be fine. It's absolutely perfect weather over there. we got a, a ridge of high-pressure building in that region, uh, anywhere west of the Mississippi River. If you're going out to California, though, they do have uh, heat advisories, so it's going to be pretty hot on the west coast this weekend, mainly this week going into this weekend. If you travel into Louisiana or Texas, is there still going to be high water there? There's going to be some leftover uh, residual water on highways, and so there's going to be high river levels, and they're going to take some time to come down. So I would definitely plan ahead and check my route before I head in that direction to make sure that there's still no road closures. From these morning parts of I-10, close to Houston, near Beaumont, along the Texas-Louisiana border was still closed due to water being on the interstate. So I would definitely plan ahead and check ahead before I uh, leave out and head that way. John Moore is a meteorologist at the National Weather Service in Jackson. Thanks for being on Mississippi Edition. Thank you. Get a complete weather update by visiting weather.gov. Coming up, the weather may be clear in Mississippi, but the state highway patrol says motorists should still be cautious. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. One of the most infamous moments in our state's history occurred this week in 1955. Emmett Till was a 14-year-old African-American from Chicago, visiting family in Money, Mississippi. Although never confirmed, a rumor spread that Till had whistled at a white woman. Four nights later, the woman's husband and another man kidnapped Till, savagely beat him, shot him, then tied him with barbed wire to a large metal fan and threw it in the Tallahatchie River. The two men were acquitted by an all-white jury. Protected by double jeopardy laws, the men then boasted about committing the murder and sold their story to the press. Emmett Till's mother demanded his casket be opened at his funeral so the world could see her son's mutilated body. Till's murder became a major catalyst for the civil rights movement. This has been Mississippi, a thread through time. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. State troopers will be patrolling Mississippi roadways with an extra focus on safety during this Labor Day holiday weekend. The Mississippi Highway Patrol will begin the 2017 Labor Day travel enforcement period today at 6 p.m. It will conclude Monday, September 4th at midnight. State troopers plan patrols to combat speeding and reckless driving. Drivers are urged to lower speeds if any weather conditions are encountered. Safety checkpoints will be established to promote seatbelt usage and remove impaired drivers from the roadways. Troopers are urging motorists to pay attention behind the wheel. Captain Johnny Polis is Director of Public Affairs at MHP. He tells us this is a busy time. Labor Day weekend is usually a really busy time for us. It's the last official holiday uh, for everyone, uh, you know, as far as to end the summer. Uh, but this Labor Day weekend for us, we're looking at possibly dealing with the remnants of Harvey. So we're really, we urge motorists to keep that in mind when they're traveling and have all precautions in place. Are there any programs in place right now to encourage people to buckle up, drive sober, drive defensively? Well, during the holiday weekend, we will have the checkpoints, safety checkpoints in place. And, you know, as 
as, as usual, that is to remove impaired drivers from the roadway, make sure everyone is buckled up. But a big thing that we deal with, as everyone knows, and it's a huge issue, is distracted driving. That is becoming more and more of an issue for us dealing with crashes and loss of life. Uh, and here again with this busy weekend that we're expecting, we're really asking motorists to keep that in mind to avoid the distractions and just focus on the roadway. Are there more accidents now than there were five years ago, 10 years ago, because of tech devices, because of smartphones and being able to text while you're driving? Well, statistics show now that distracted driving is becoming more of an issue than impaired driving. And we think the reason for that is people don't associate uh, distracted driving, uh, like texting or anything that would divert your attention from the roadway as dangerous driving or that would, would involve crashes. But it, it is causing crashes. Mm-hmm. Loss of life is occurring. And we just need to educate the motoring public with those issues. A lot of people just throw their phone on the seat next to them. It's handy. So if if they hear that ding of a text, it's sort of common nature to pick it up. What do you recommend to keep people away from their phone while they're driving? Well, in today's society, we rely so much on our on cell phones. And it's just human nature. When you hear that ding go off, you automatically want to see if someone's calling what the message is. And it could relate to your, to your employment. But keep in mind, it also diverts your attention from the roadway. And you, you can't be any good an asset to your company or as far as your family, if you just don't make it from point A to point B. I think we all deal with that, but we've got to put safety first. There was a new law that went into effect July 1st regarding seatbelt usage. Can you tell us about that? Well, it just requires everyone in the vehicle to be buckled up, uh, and that that ensures that everyone that's traveling down the roadway is if a crash is involved, especially head-on collisions, when people are not buckled up and restrained in the back seats, they're a human projectile. And you can actually have your life taken, even though you have your belt on, someone in the car that's not restrained actually moving around inside the vehicle can cause loss of life. So we encourage everyone to be buckled up. What else do you want our listeners to know? With inclement weather, we just urge motorists to uh, please make sure their wiper blades or in proper working order, make sure their tires have the proper tread depth. When the tires are worn, this causes hydroplaning, and this also causes crashes. But we're just urging motorists to make those good, responsible decisions. Captain Johnny Polis is spokesperson for the Mississippi Highway Patrol. Thank you, Captain Polis. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for having us. MHP investigated 170 crashes, including one fatality, during the 2016 Labor Day enforcement period. Coming up, an advocacy organization is urging drunk drivers to stay off the roads and out of jail. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition. 
Just ahead of the busy Labor Day weekend, advocates are pushing for safe driving across the state. Mothers Against Drunk Driving or MAD is releasing a new report that shows an alarming trend of pleading down drunk driving charges and low conviction rates in some jurisdictions monitored across the country. They say it's more important than ever to support law enforcement during the federal drive sober or get pulled over crackdown. The organization also has a court monitoring program launched in 2006. J.T. Griffin is chief government affairs officer with MAD. He tells us the intent of the campaign. The intent is to, number one, to raise awareness of drunk driving. Drunk driving is still the biggest killer on our roadways. There's still over 10,000 people killed every year due to drunk driving. And, you know, there's a lot of other issues in the news. There's a lot of issues in traffic safety. But we want to make sure that the public remembers that drunk driving is still the number one killer out there. The other thing I would say is that at MAD, we're very concerned the trends are going in the wrong direction. Over the last two years, we've seen all traffic deaths go up, and they're predicted to have gone up for 2016. Those, those numbers typically lag by about a year, so it'll probably be the end of this year before we see the results. But at MAD, we're just very concerned with where things are. And so, one, we wanted to remind the public of the dangers of drunk driving. With regard to the specific report, we have a a national court monitoring program at MAD, and we have victims and volunteers. Right now, we have them in 13 states uh, in certain jurisdictions. And so the data that we have is, is limited, but we felt like what we were able to do is give a good snapshot into the court system and let the public know exactly what's happening. And in some cases, courts are doing a great job. Judges, prosecutors are uh, making sure that people who drive drunk are held accountable. But in some of the other courts, we were finding that um, cases were being pled down to lesser offenses rather than DUI. I'd like to address that because, Uh as you said, pleading down drunk driving charges and lower conviction rates, what's behind that? Is it to clear up the court docket, or what do you think? We can make some assumptions. I, you know, I don't have anything definitive, but we can make some assumptions. And I, and I think what you just said is right. I think part of it is courts are overworked. There are too many cases and not enough prosecutors and um, to go around. I think the defense attorneys are able to request jury trials in some situations. Uh, defense attorneys are really able to drag the process out. Uh, makes it more difficult for the courts to handle these. And how do you get these cases heard and processed in the proper way? We'd like to see all convicted offenders get an ignition interlock device. And so one of the things we've looked at in some states is ways to allow offenders to move quickly through the programs, maybe a, a, some type of a, of a court-ordered diversion program or something like that. But including the ignition interlock is part of that. That's definitely a solution, and we've seen a few states that have looked to do that. So we'll be watching to see what the results are, but we think that's one thing that could have a a big impact. One of the important things, though, with this report is is we want to make sure that the courts know that we're watching. You know, we've talked to a lot of our friends in the law enforcement community, and frankly, they get frustrated when they make a good arrest and then uh, cases are pled down or in some cases thrown out. And so... 
We want to support law enforcement because they're really out there on the front lines, and one of the ways that we can help do that is by uh, having a presence in the courts. You know, really, you know, we can pass a good law, but we're dependent on law enforcement to go out and to do things like conduct sobriety checkpoints, saturation patrols, also to go out and to patrol and, and make arrests for drunk driving. And so if law enforcement doesn't feel empowered to do that, then we have a problem. So we need to make sure that law enforcement has all the tools that they need to be successful. And that's, again, another reason we put the court monitoring report out is we want to let cops know that um, after they've gone out and done their job that everybody else is doing theirs. J.T. Griffin is the chief government affairs officer for MAD or Mothers Against Drunk Driving. J.T., thank you very much for being with us. Thanks very much. Have a great day. Keep listening because coming up at 9 o'clock, it's the Gestalt Gardener. Then at 10 o'clock, it's Next Stop Mississippi. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown. I hope you'll join us again Tuesday morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the Woodward Hines Education Foundation, committed to helping more Mississippians obtain post-secondary credentials, college certificates, and degrees that lead to employment. More information about Woodward Hines Education Foundation at Woodward Hines.